All right, baby, this is old master right here. King of big dog style. Master of the pop up headbutt. King of the trailer court. The Sutter Psycho. Right here. Y'all listen to wrestling chairs. You dummy if you ain't paying attention. Listen, subscribe, like, share, all that business, baby. Old master right now. I'm going to drink some live bears. Taking your way in the world today. Takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries. Sure would help a lot. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers where everybody knows your name And we're back baby Reviewing a live AIW show. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a bonus episode for a review for AIW's Hello Cleveland. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate and review and subscribe if you ever listen to this fine podcast whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, desire WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAmaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a review of AIW's Hello Cleveland, a little break from the norm recently of the go for broke reviews and we're not going to have charlie butters and josh goldenstein on these episodes because they've been reviewing a lot with go for broke but for this review first up we have stacy silvers hey man how's it going it's it's going good it's going good uh it's nice to have gone to an aiw show at hell the, yeah it was at the odeon in cleveland it it felt a little bit back to normal. Like it wasn't that jam packed, but it was still fun. Man, I got to tell you, I kind of like the 120 <laughs> people in the Odeon. I don't know. Like, I, dude, I love a packed Odeon. I, it's fucking great. But boy, there was just, uh, I couldn't have been happier than those two shows last weekend. So fucking good. And we have Smoking Jay's Barbecue Zone, Brock. What's up, Brock? Hey guys, I'm so happy to be on here with you, Justin. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, it was really great to see you guys at the Odeon. Um, I don't disagree with you guys on that 120 cap. Like, dude, it was so easy to get a beer at the bar. It was oh man, I loved it. How was the concessions going of selling selling your meat? Um, I, I me, Mike and I weren't actually over there at the concessions uh, selling it. We were okay. enjoying the show. Uh, but, um, I know like, I think it was Thursday. There was just like a little bit of, uh, pulled pork left. Um, but I mean, it was like really wasn't even enough to make a sandwich. Uh, so they pretty much sold out of, uh, the food both nights. Um, Papa pepperoni kind of took the leftovers from Thursday night and, uh, shook Tom Dunn's hand with it though. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) they got, it got some use. Happy, happy to hear that, that, uh, your uh, barbecue was a hit it was fun to be back as a whole and i i do kind of agree like with less people there it was it was kind of great did either of you 
make your way over to kayfabe collectibles because i sure as fuck did i went over like past it once uh there were always people there and i take up a lot of space and uh the first night specifically i wasn't feeling super great so i didn't get back there i just i don't know man i always feel especially that's the only downside i will say to the setup that was there for this show is back in the merch area there were those barricades and they made me feel like i was in the way of everything all the time so i just stayed the fuck out of there and didn't buy anything off anybody uh i kind of glanced at the table but i didn't pick anything up i saw some cool stuff over there though his booth rules i I mean i've i've looked at his booth and shopped at his booth at other shows before he had a ton of cool shit i just absolutely felt like i was in the way back there so i just kind of pieced out between both nights i picked up a wcw macho man uh what the san francisco toy makers macho i also picked up a 19 march 1994 wwf magazine which was the very first magazine i ever first wwe magazine i should say wwf magazine i ever got as a kid and my copy nice. is is long gone i kind of wish i would have looked at it beforehand but I, I it did make me laugh uh i could tell whoever owned this uh must have had some pretty strict parents because if there was any picture of a woman uh like uh i don't even want to say scantily clad because we're talking 1994 like like there was literally a picture of lunder blaze where someone had like not ripped out the whole page, but like where her picture was. Oh. Man, that sounds like it was one of my old magazines, man. <laughs> but, man, but, so but here's the thing: that might not have been their parents. They might have put together like a a special page of all the lady pictures. No, because uh, it wasn't a perfect tear. It's like right through the picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Pre- Preacher Dad took all the all that stuff out of uh, out of my magazines. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to take a picture of the pages like. I mean, I was somewhat bummed because it wasn't like in perfect condition or like all the pages were there, but it it did make me chuckle because I was like, wow, whatever parent did this in 1994 had no idea what was coming in the <laughs> later years. Like if a lunge blaze, you're like, oh, no, I can't have this. Wait till you meet Sonny. Wait till you meet Sable. Man, that, see, that kind of stuff's always so weird to me. My upbringing was so much different than that. <laughs> I just, it's all, it just seems so silly to me, you know? I, I was telling somebody the other day that, like, whenever I was a kid during the Attitude Era, anytime, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin would come on, I would have to turn the channel just because, like, the whole Austin 316 thing. Oh, wow. Yep. See, I grew up in a pretty conservative household, but my dad watched wrestling with me, and there was never anything that he was, like, over, like, like oh, we have to, we have to censor this. Like, you can't watch wwf and stone cold because of austin 316 but i mean this is the same dad that like took away my icp cd so i mean it, <laughs> it, it is what it is yeah like there was a lot of stuff that i wasn't allowed to watch whenever i was a kid like you know a lot of stuff in the attitude era i had to turn the channel for uh which is probably why i watched a little bit more wcw than what i did like wwf because it wasn't as risque um and then like i wasn't allowed to watch like power rangers or um uh pokemon I don't know. There was a whole bunch of other stuff. What were those? How were those an affront to God? I don't know. Like the magic and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Super, <laughs> super conservative upbringing, man. The only thing, I mean, like there was a lot of people that told my parents that I shouldn't be allowed to watch wrestling period. And my mom, you know, 
told them the only thing that he likes is wrestling. So we're not going to take that away from him. (laughs) I also picked up a VHS copy of WWF superstars, the music video, which is uh, from the 1990, I think what three album. And that's like the music videos that came out from, from that album, which I have two copies of the actual CD, the original release. And then I think they re-released a copy more in the attitude era without uh all the wrestlers on the cover but a sealed vhs copy of that and i thought that's really cool and then i also talked with him because when he was at um i assume i assure you were open he had like a bunch of stomp figures and i didn't have the money at the time so i was like hey like do you still have any of the stomp figures like let me know and i, I mean i've been tweeting him for a while about it never get a response but like while he's in front of me and i'm buying shit i'm like hey so how about those? Like, what do you, do you have any with you? Like what's, what's going on? He's like, I'll check the RV tonight, tomorrow, and I'll let you know. And he sent me a picture the next day of two of them. Uh, uh, one of the LOD 2000 and I'm forgetting who the second person is, but uh, series three, which I, they were two that I actually needed. So it wasn't like, oh man, I already have those. That sucks. I was like, nope, two that I need. Awesome. I'll buy them off of you. How much? Just let me know. Gave me a price, PayPal and picked them up the next day. So yeah, I gave him my business. Uh, I think he's awesome and like his story of him traveling from show to show. I think that's that's pretty fucking cool. We have a lot of people out there like that in the in the wrestling and toy community, like especially with, you know, on a you know, kind of a side note, I went to a toy store yesterday as of this recording and I talked to the owner uh, of your toy connection. Like pretty cool dude. He like because we're in some major wrestling figure podcast stuff. So we kind of talked about that and he obviously knew that I or assumed I knew Rick from time capsule toys. We kind of like talked about how Rick has like a lot of Hasbro's and we we're talking about all that kind of stuff and how, you know, Rick's a guy who goes out and, you know, buys a lot of shit. And I, to me, I think that's pretty fucking awesome, especially someone who frequents his store every so once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Joey's always been a good dude. I'm, I'm real happy for him that this whole venture he's taken with kayfabe has, has worked out. I've always liked that dude and Rick. Yeah, man. I mean, it's his business, man. If he doesn't go out and, pick all these you know collections that people have he doesn't have inventory for the store you can't just rely on people walking through the door and selling stuff to him so yeah man he's he's always hustling in a good way not like the the negative hustle but that's why here on this show we support time capsule toys for sure he's got a uh he's got an autograph signing thing coming up down there too yeah mikey whipwreck and somebody we'll be talking about later on on this episode i'm tempted on going that day i just have to get an ecw figure in that particular before i should say before that autograph signing before i'll go because that's something i think would be cool to get signed to have on my wall i i will i will possibly see you there it depends i mikey whipwreck uh is a i i have not met mikey whipwreck before well aside from like outside of an ecw show like 20 years ago 20 plus years ago uh so i might I might end up there because of Mikey Whipwreck. So, yeah, one thing if I get there, it's going to be like really close to one. That's what's going to suck for me. But uh, we'll, A, that could be something to talk about off the air, and we'll definitely get into why I would be going later on here in this uh, episode. But let's, let's talk about Hello Cleveland. And we actually started off with a dark match. Started off with Levi Everett versus Ethan Wright. Stacy. What are your thoughts on uh, Ethan Wright? Because I know Brock, like myself, has some like prior experience with him. So I was, I was curious of 
have you felt about him on go for broke uh, also like his debut back in akron and then and with this particular match so <clears throat> i completely forgot that i had seen him wrestle on akron don't, uh, don't worry everybody did yeah um and i think there's probably I, I a reason i did not i think I, there's probably a reason for that well brock didn't so not, not everybody I, mean, I, I, I didn't forget either but like me and brock also have prior experience but i think anybody who did know who ethan wright was forgot who he was at after akron so i'll say this as as a wrestler he's he's fine like he is a terrific in-ring wrestler um i just need a little more than uh, i was trained by harley race and I look like someone tried to draw Colin Delaney from memory based on a description that Orange Flasty gave him. Oh, ouch. <laughs> That's a good one. Somebody put that on the back of a T-shirt. I mean, it's a little wordy, but you get the idea. Um, yeah, I think he's fine. I think he's just real kind of like paint drying boring. Uh, I hope that the some things that were teased at the next night show and seemed to have been teased on go for broke happened for him because he needs it I in my in my I, humble opinion i 100 percent agree with you on that we'll get into that on the the next review and it is something we have talked about on go for broke I, I do believe on the go for broke reviews but if that's where we go that actually makes a lot of sense and that particular person in aiw has has been linked with a lot of big names and big storylines so i'm i really uh, that'll be a good uh, testing point for Ethan Wright. So, Brock, how do you feel about uh, Ethan Wright? Because you, you were somebody like myself with experience with him. How do you feel now with him? Well, I mean, the first time that I saw Ethan Wright was about 10 years ago at an MCW show. And there was three people that were on that card that really st stood out to me. Um, Ethan Wright was definitely one of them. Uh, but also on that card was Bobby Beverly and Eric Ryan. And that was my first experience or my first experience seeing um, all three of those guys. The friend of mine that I took to the show with me at the time uh, was not a wrestling fan. And during Ethan, Ethan's match, I looked over at him and I said, that kid is money. He's going to do something really well. But I always felt like there was something missing. And so, like, I definitely agree with you guys. Like, I, I don't like fully disagree with you. Um, I think that what happens the next the next night um, definitely is going to help elevate him. Uh, I didn't realize that he was still wrestling until um, it wasn't the last new talent initiative. It was the one before that. I guess it would maybe it would have been whenever Harley Race was the special guest. Um, I remembered seeing him and I asked him if. Uh, if he was going to be on the card at all. And, you know, and he told me that he wasn't. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to at least see you here. I'm you know, because I always felt like if he got in front of the right people that he would have a chance to shine because he is a really good worker. Um, so I think that him being an AIW is going to be a really good thing for him. And I really do think that, you know, the people that forgot that he was there in Akron and maybe the ones that, as we're talking now, or even like, holy shit, I forgot Ethan Wright was in the dark match. <laughs> I think he's going to do a lot of things to really change your mind um, as AIW progresses with with a lot with the live shows, as long as they keep using him. And you know, if they keep put if they put him into prominent positions, I think that Ethan is really going to shine. Um, I think that he's got a lot of that talent that he he, he he's missing something, but. 
I think that he's got the talent to be able to take it to a net to another level. I think it goes with what you were saying of like, he has to get in front of the, you know, the right eyes, the right people. And maybe like some of the places he's been, hasn't been necessarily perfect for like some real growth. And now getting that opportunity at AIW, I mean, this is like, this is his opportunity because he's has more eyes on him now than he's had on far as what I know of his most of his career. Like I've known yeah. him in other companies, like you mentioned MCW. I've seen him in OCW. I think he might have been at Mid Ohio. Side note: If anybody's ever heard of Mid Ohio Wrestling, they uh, sadly just recently closed. Uh, so, uh, Did sound, they? Yeah, just I just seen a post. I think this past week or so that uh, they're shutting down. Oh man! So no more uh, Mid Ohio. Uh, but I've seen. I know he's been like he's done a lot of uh, those kind of companies, which not. What? not a knock on them it's you're not getting the same crowd you're not getting the same talent level to be across the ring with which is, is exactly what i was just going to say is like yeah he's got 10 11 years of experience but not all experience is equal you know like yeah and i think him like getting this opportunity that's why it's like okay if you have something if anything can become better this is the chance like if you yeah. you can't make good of it you know you'll just be a you know forgotten name in AIW because there there are those people who were given an opportunity and then we stopped seeing them for a while or we stopped seeing them at all because it's just it wasn't working out and some of them don't wrestle anymore. You know, a lot of the promotions that Ethan has worked uh you know during his career have been smaller promotions that don't have you know a lot of eyes on them or you know a place like Mid Ohio who has been running them Maslin for you know, most of the time that I lived there and I had no idea that they were five minutes away from my house, you know, they're the promotions that he's going to are just places that aren't getting that reach like AIW does. I don't know if I've ever talked about it here on the show. I might have. I know I've, I know I've talked about it off microphone that I have a test that I do going to any show that's not at the level of AIW. So it's not like I do this at Black Label. Uh, it will be shows like OCW, like Mid Ohio, where I say, "Who's the biggest name here?" and that like really helps me evaluate like the kind of company it is. Because I'll, I'll I won't say the company, but there's been a show where it was like, "Oh, your biggest name here is Ziggy," back when she was Z- uh, Jinx, and like that's not really obviously a big name, right? And there's definitely a place for those kind of those those feds, yeah. Um, but if you don't in 10 years move above that uh you kind of just treading water you know yeah like there's there's a place for those you definitely you need those places to have a place for people because aiw is a unique situation too where you know if you train with them then there's kind of like the ability to be able to you know if nothing else you're going to be on some uxwa shows you know uh yeah but if if you train with like you know whoever and the, their school's not attached to a promotion you need to have places you know those guys need places to work so um places like mid ohio i mean there's there's a real purpose for those places and you know it's i like little tiny wrestling companies too uh there's fun to be had at a a small wrestling show with no big names on it but i mean that's I, a, that's I, a, I will tell for Ethan right you know it's he's he's reached a different level now aiw's certainly a different level it's proved over the years that uh, with a few people that they you know they wrestled at aiw and then they went on to much bigger things as a result 
So, um, you know, it's it's on him where that goes, you know? Yeah, that that's not a knock towards any of those companies. It's just kind of a where I, I kind of measure things. Oh, sure. No, and, I get that completely. And I, I, I mean, obviously, I've supported a lot of those companies. Um, and some of those companies, like I've seen, like, for example, you know, I've seen, you know, I saw Ziggy when she was Jinx. I saw Ethan Wright. I've seen, you know, it, it was later on, you know, I saw the production pop up at some of those shows. So it's like it's like different opportunities to see places uh, like that is the mm-hmm. first places where I saw Lee Moriarty. So, you know, yep. Uh, main event, too. Uh, that's another awesome team yeah. that I got to see in like companies like that. So, yeah, yeah. We'll get to them in a minute. Yeah, we'll definitely get to them. Um, so uh, we've kind of talked a lot about Ethan Wright on this, but, you know, he had a match versus uh, Levi Everett and Levi Everett is still loved in AIW. And I'm happy through this Damn whole favorite. I'm happy through this whole pandemic that Levi is safe and healthy. Yeah, man, it was good to see Levi. Looks good. Looks like uh, the pandemic didn't hurt him any. Still churning that butter. I always love seeing Levi. Any uh, thoughts on this uh, dark match? It was a match. It was fine. It was yeah. good. It was fun. It was a nice, you know what? It was a nice primer for the show. Like you get the pop for Levi. It gets everybody up. Yep. and Like ready for what's about to happen. It was good. I liked it. Solid, you way, solid way to open up the show. I agree. And it was uh, Ethan Wright getting the pinfall and getting the win. And then we got into the actual show. So let's get to the first official match. Which it was great to hear that song live again. Fuck yeah, it was. I had goosebumps. This was my thing. And I, I, put, I put a tweet out it on Twitter about it where I want to know, like, who did you like? Who's the first person you want to see come through that curtain to start the show? Because it was more like, OK, like we're going to we're going to start this off. I want to know, like, who's going to get you jacked? that they're the first per- person out and we're going to bring back AIW at the Odeon. Nobody guessed Manders, which I-, I was fine with Manders, especially when his opponent was coming out. Because that the thing about this whole show, if you didn't know already, it was a mystery card. There was only one match we knew beforehand, and that was the second night main event because we found out the right before the main event, but that's a different story. But if you hadn't figured out what match was coming next on that show already, you don't watch AIW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that when we review that. But there were two dudes left. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, yeah. un- unless there was another surprise name, but that's that's a different story. But we get to this. So I remember having a conversation with people where it's like, OK, you have to either remember the theme, which for the most part, a lot of people do. Did somebody get a new theme? Because that happened a lot between both nights. Is somebody debuting? Because that happened. And also, did uh, is somebody returning? So, what we end up getting, we got fucking like Aerosmith Dream On, which was like, who the fuck's this? And then the music stops, and it's fucking Tim Donst. Yeah, it was. I flipped my shit because I know I said on like when we were talking about Go For Broke, I said, I want Donst. We haven't seen Donst in like a year and a half, almost two years. Fucking give me Donst. I'll pop for Donst. And when his music hit, I was like, no fucking shit. This is fucking awesome. Dude, I was losing it. Losing it. So happy to see that dude. Hey, we jumped over something uh, 
just not to put the brakes on this just as we get to like the cool fucking first big pop surprise, but oh, piano prior, come up. prior to this match, uh, they hit the bell 10 times because since the last AIW show, we had lost a lot of people and it was nice that they took the time to include a lot of, a lot of people who the, the AIW community as a whole had lost. Uh, including Tom Troll uh, and Shannon, so uh, I that to me that also like the tie-in of like that, and then it was Tim Donst with his connection with Shannon. I thought was a really cool and big fucking deal. Yeah, I uh, I did kind of forget about that because like me, I'm going over like I'm using tweets and I'm using Cage Match, so obviously that's not mentioned on Cage Match. No, I didn't purposely skip over, but thank you for bringing it up because I mean I think that is was very very important. Um, I don't know if they were just counting from, you know, the last AIW show or just at least the last AIW show at the Odeon or last AIW show in Ohio still lost a lot of people you know, like people like you mentioned. So yeah, that, um, that was one of those moments where you, it's like, I didn't want to have to go through, but because of like some of the, how those people have affected AIW, like I'm happy they they did get honored for sure. That was a really long list too. Like, I didn't realize how many people we've lost, uh, you know, throughout the pandemic. Yeah. Like, that was that was a lot of people. All right. Now, I mean, to change topics, but okay. Tim Don's coming out and everybody going crazy. Yeah. You know what I noticed right at the beginning? Uh, and I it changed as the match went on, right? But in the beginning, there were just Tim fucking Don's chants. There were no sucks. <laughs> like, zero sucks. By the end of the match, there was a little contingent of sucks. But at the beginning, it was just Tim fucking Donst, and the building was shaking. It was amazing. <laughs> there was, like, two people that were yelling sucks, um, but they were just being drowned out by everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why. Like, actually, I don't think I said sucks through the whole match. Like, I just let it go. Because, I mean, it's we hadn't seen Tim Donst in, a, like I said, a year and a half, close to two years. Like Absolution he, was the yeah. his last show. Yeah. So... Be happy he's here. And then the fact that, like, I know me and Bill Taylor, like, we tweeted out the same thing. Fucking Tim Donst, greater than Sabu. Because it came out that Sab- uh, Tim Donst was actually a last-minute replacement for Sabu. And you know what? I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care that I miss Sabu. I don't care that he missed the flight. You know, the, the situation sucks for AIW and everything. But... I don't think I would have had the same pop. I would have popped for Sabu because like hearing his music like that, ah, that's cool. But the return of one of our guys, a return of somebody who, you know, is close to someone like Shannon, like it means it meant so much more for him to be there. Well, and, and Tim Donst is a guy who has been a part of AIW uh, off and on for so long yeah. that like it. It felt right. It felt you like you said, one of our guys. It, yeah. it was an AIW guy being there to like pop the cherry of mm-hmm. post pandemic uh, wrestling matches at the Odeon. And I, man, it was, and it was a good fucking match too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think like when I was talking about that tweet of like, who, who do you want it, want it to be? And nobody necessarily wanted to be Manders. But Thorne brought up a good point, and it's like, as soon as it happened, I'm like, yeah, that's why we, it happened that way. Dons couldn't have come out first because we wouldn't give a fuck about Manders. So you have, no. Manders, you have Manders come out first, do all that, 
do the little swerve with Dream On, make everybody go, what the fuck? But that moment, like to me, that is AIW returning to the Odeon, is Tim Donst coming out, getting the pop, and uh, having a good match. I love the way the match started off, too, with him doing that uh, cactus clothesline, you know, taking it straight out, out onto the floor and start brawling out there. That's the perfect way to start off, you know, once you once the cameras are on, that's the perfect way to start an AIW show right there. I also like the layout that they used for this show based on the the smaller crowd that was going to be in there that they uh, went with, having the ring right up against the stage. Yeah. And yeah. Left that big brawling area for the for the wrestlers out on the the opposite side from the stage. Uh, I like that setup. The only the only thing I will say is it left a very small space on the side that I sat the first night. I was like front row all the way against the stage on the, the back side. And there was literally the space of a folding chair between the ring and the railing. So it was a little difficult for guys to do anything over there. Like that probably could have been pushed back another foot or so, but then there's like the stairs to get up on the stage and shit. Like I understand there's, uh, you know, logistical issues there with the ring being all the way forward like that. But, uh, it, the layout was, I, I dug it. I think it's cool. I think it, it's the right move until that place is, you know, back to like regular capacity. I don't know. Maybe, maybe 120 tickets can be the new capacity. Eddie. No, I'm kidding. Cause I know AW has got to make money. Yeah, I would like for them to make more money than 120 tickets, and I don't want the tickets to have to start being more than yeah. <laughs> they need to be. I'm fine with these ticket prices, but uh, if it starts ramping up from here, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it, it, hurt. As much as I love the 120 capacity, I can't wait until that place is at full capacity and rocking. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's too bad that AIW couldn't be at full capacity for the next show, because I could only fucking imagine the amount of money the AIW would bring in. Ideally, that next show would have been in Akron. Oh, yeah. That would have been a good show in Akron. Yeah. Especially, well, especially too, imagine that being a uh, a Saturday show. Like, we have a dub, basically a doubleheader with Toy Ohio. Well, I mean, that would be a rough day. That would be a, a long, rough day. For, for me, at least. <laughs> Brock, Brock, too. That would be a hell of a rough day for Brock. <laughs> Yeah, I'm c- cooking for Toy Ohio um, is about 18 hours. It's about an 18 hour day for me. So, uh, yeah, let's not add a wrestling show uh, to it the same exact day. Yo, this is this is totally not a question for this review show. Probably an off the air <laughs> question. But what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> like that AIW show? <laughs> That's the true. For Toy Ohio. I know, I know. Mike and I have already talked about it, and uh, I mean, we're we're gonna be at, a, at AIW too. Uh, we're just, I'm gonna start shit super early um, on Friday just to make sure that I have enough time to get up to Cleveland for the show. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a wild one. It's like it's it's gonna be a really long weekend for me again. Well, we we can't have concessions at Akron anyway. Like, yeah, but he would have done concessions all day at Toy High. Oh, that's true. I was I, I was thinking more of like him actually having to do toy the like concessions for Toy Ohio and then concessions for Akron because in my head I was like ooh fucking pulled pork sandwich uh, smoked mac and cheese brownie sundae oh man that sounds really good dude I don't I don't know that anybody that hasn't actually worked that book booth with Brock uh, has the appreciation for how busy and how tough they work but 
for both Toy Hayos that he's done, I've been in the lobby and watched it, and it is a madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, it is it is a little stressful, and um, but you know it, it always ends up going really well. And uh, the people that I always end up having uh, work the shows with me uh, are able to put up with my stress and. Um, I do, I, I do pretty good of like not yelling at people. So, uh, I like, I try, I try to hide my stress as best as I can, but yeah, man, it is, it is crazy from, you know, because it, it, people are coming up, you know, before the, they're actually letting anybody in. Like people are like walking away from the line to come over and get a drink while I'm still trying to get stuff set up too. So it's like, I'm doing business before I'm technically even open. And then I'm just trying to run around getting all that stuff set up. It's so crazy, especially after an hour and a half drive to get up there. It's dude. I'll never forget at the last show. I looked over and I was like, there's heaping amounts of <laughs> macaroni and cheese, macaroni and cheese heaped up over the edge of the, the big, uh, the big crock pot thing. That it's in. <laughs> Huge. Just so much macaroni and cheese that I couldn't fathom. That in an hour later when I was hungry, because I looked at it and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll wait. There's plenty. I'll wait till I'm hungry. And an hour later, it was bone fucking dry. There was none. <laughs> and I was like, what? How? How is this possible? But yeah, people are wild, man. <laughs> we, we, we sold out by two o'clock at the last Toy Hio. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking that's awesome. When, that's about when I got hungry, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to get hungry earlier this time. <laughs> oh, I already learned my fucking lesson. <laughs> Both AIW shows, I got mac and cheese like second thing I did through the door. <laughs> well, it, it's smart too because um, Jeff, as soon as he walked in, he went right to concessions and then like went and sat down and ate his food, got up and went back to concessions and got more and went and sat <laughs> back down. So <laughs> it's probably a good thing that you did it real quick because like there was a lot of people going going for it right away. Another thing, not about this match, not about. Uh, your barbecue, but uh, something about this show that I do want to bring up that I was actually happy about, and it's so minor, and it's not even you know wrestling related or uh, Odin related. It is the fact that now the parking lot across the street, which is the only place I ever really park at for AIW shows, now has a parking machine, like a, a ticket machine. So I don't, I have, I now don't have to make sure I I get money out. I can use card if I want. I don't have to worry about a parking attendant because I always have fun with them where they're trying to like help me get it quote help me I should say to get into the parking spot. I'm like, don't worry, I can I can fucking get into it. Don't worry. I know they're tight. Yes, I know. I know when to I, I do this in a semi. Just let me do this. Okay, I got it. Hey, dude, night two there was a parking attendant. They still had the fucking machine, but there was a guy doing exactly what you're talking about, telling people how to park. Oh, he was he wasn't like the, I mean I did see him the second night. But he mostly stayed in that guard shack. Like, I pulled right in. What the fuck else does he have to do? Other <laughs> Get out and be like, oh, no, maybe back it up a little bit. Like, he doesn't have to take money or nothing anymore. That's Well, hey, whenever there's an attendant there, just give him food and you'll get free parking. Oh. Especially if it's at Smoke and Jay's Barbecue. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have that with me when I pull it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's... uh. That was one little small highlight because I, I know I was so worried about parking. Like I text Stacy uh, when I left work. I'm like, how does that fucking parking lot look? You're like, eh, like, like, you know, it's kind of filling up. And I'm like, shit, I'm worried. 
still managed to get there and there were there were parking scott spots because people were like coming and going like obviously not aiw people people going to bars and leaving so i was like i've saw like a couple people leave i'm like oh good like boom grab my spot and go through everything so both both nights we got parking spots that were like we pulled in and people had just pulled out of them i was the same way and it's not even just i pulled in and i passed like that first initial row and how there's like a, a row that is kind of like parallel and yeah. I, as i passed it the they left and i just threw it in reverse and reversed right back to it and actually the parking attendant and when he was like oh you got really lucky there i was like fuck yeah i did dude i'll say this though uh the parking prices because of the draft were they were high. I expected possibly higher. They were they're pretty high, but hopefully that's not like the new regular. That was just because of the draft. Yeah, because isn't parking there normally ten bucks? Uh, yeah, it's usually special event parking ten bucks. Normal parking like five or some shit. Uh, but this was fucking special special event parking twenty dollars, which is you know it's a whole lot to leave your car in a spot for a little bit 20 was like probably the max i was gonna pay i was worried it was gonna be like oh 50 bucks and i was gonna be like fuck but i'll dude i've only paid that much once ever and i'll never ever pay it again it was worth every penny of my 50 when i did it i parked right against the stadium in orlando for wrestlemania for 50 bucks but nope never never again never pay that much all right let's let's get back to this match (laughs) (laughs) Started- <laughs> <laughs> it's a parking podcast now parking oh, barbecue we, we, we got a lot to talk about with this show but uh dance versus manders any uh any other thoughts on this match besides how awesome it was to see dance back and these two beat the fuck out of each other uh so it was nice at the end of it like dance gave a speech and stuff but one of the things he said was like he had to borrow gear and it made a lot of sense to me because I turned to Mike Trombetta partway through this match and I was like, look at Tim Donst with new boots. Don't got duct tape on him or nothing. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I'm glad you noticed it too. <laughs> I didn't necessarily notice it, but like the fact that like, you know, like the singlet, uh, like basketball shorts and then like, you know, a ripped t-shirt. I'm like, to me, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, it's just Tim Donst in a new shirt. I didn't necessarily look at the the boots and everything, but yeah, that uh, when the story did come out, and you know the you know fact that he was a last minute replacement, fucking, oh, uh, that was that is kind of funny. Yeah, the boots are the first thing I look at whenever I see Tim Donst. He still managed to have the Tim Donst aesthetic, so he sure did. I hope he's. I hope he's. I hope this means he's back around. I'll say that. I like having Tim Donst in AIW, uh, even if he's not every show. Just. Bring bring Timmy back a bunch. I like it. I'm actually wondering about what his status is with wrestling because I don't think he wrestled much during the pandemic. And he even even after the absolution, like his bookings went down. Like I didn't see him advertise for as many shows anymore. And I mean, I I think he's still wrestling. I mean, sometimes he wrestles and you don't know he wrestles. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I did notice that, like I said, after that absolution there, we had as a whole, we're seeing a lot less of Tim Donst. Yeah, well, I have a lot of hopes that he's around. So It was uh, Tim Donst getting the win via submission, and then afterwards he did dedicate the match to Shannon, which was perfect. For sure. I will also say it felt weird as shit not having Gary there. Yeah. It, it's like kind of like what I said on the episode after Shannon's passing. 
I was genuinely hoping to see both of them at these shows when they were announced. Like, I don't know if they were supposed to or, or, or what, but um, not seeing Gary uh, on top of, you know, everything that happened is it was heartbreaking a little bit. I mean, I get I 100 percent get it. Oh, me too. But if you know, with with Gary, he, you know, he's part of the AIW family. And, you know, if you've been to probably one AIW show, you've seen him run camera and like he's he's fucking hilarious like the the one time that when he put on you know eddie kingston's coat and then there was actually like going back to it there was a time that uh eddie took gary's camera and he, he was fucking filming like it's just like those kind of like moments like with gary gary's uh gary's an awesome dude and uh for him to go through this is is heartbreak on heartbreak yeah i don't know if gary <clears throat> i don't know if gary will hear this show or not but we certainly everybody i think uh everybody around uh, the AIW community uh, feels for Gary right now and I hope everything's okay. All right, let's uh, move on to the next match. Next up, we have Dylan Hornswoggle Apostle versus first we hear John Thorne's music and immediately I went no fucking way. No, it's like we're, we're not getting this match again. No, no, but it's Wes fucking Barkley. That, that was clever. That was a, that was a nice West Barkley move. It was a good swerve. Swoggle, fresh off real fights. Yep. Was wearing his was wearing his new gear from his real fights. Oh, rough and rowdy. That was a jacked little dude he fought, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. But at least he could say he did it. Yeah, man. He got in there and took some real punches, man. It was a it was a real fight. Any 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 thoughts on this match as a whole? Like, I don't have a lot of memory from it. Uh, but I still think it's obviously fun because we did have this. We have this little storyline, I would say, with, you know, Wes and Hornswoggle of how like uh, Hornswoggle blocked Wes a while ago. And I've always heard like, you know, Wes talking shit about, you know, unblocking him and all this shit. So yeah. having this match kind of like popped me a little bit just for that fact. I thought it was a good match. I mean, it was uh, it was what I expected it to be. When I saw who was going to be in the ring together, it was it was good. It was fun. I like swoggle matches, man. And the match wasn't too long either. Uh, looking at cage match says four uh, not four hours, four minutes and thirty five seconds. So it wasn't too long. It was just four hours long. <laughs> the ultra Iron Man match. <laughs> seventeen seventeen balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four minutes and thirty five seconds, and yeah, that's just that was a perfect length for the match. I thought it was a good match and you know, West does a great job of getting heat from the crowd. So, I mean, it just makes anything that he does, uh, even better. Um, I mean, there's not too much like memorable stuff from the match. It's exactly what you would expect for, you know, a swaggle West Barkley match. It, it served its purpose. Uh, it was quick, you know, in and out, keep the crowd hot and then, you know, move on to the next thing. I thought it, I thought it went really well. Uh, I do agree. Uh, any other uh, any other thoughts? I think Swoggle's another guy that, like, when you think about like AIW mainstays, that's somebody you expected to see this weekend for these these comeback shows. Uh, that's not like a Cleveland person, you know. So it was it was good to see Swoggle. Uh, it it made it feel again like uh, everything was back to normal. It's crazy to think of you know people like Swoggle and you know Colin Delaney people who have been in wwe but i don't think of them as much wwe anymore especially especially with colin but with hornswoggle 
it's now it's like, oh, that's, you know, that's Tornswoggle and you see him a lot of AIW and all this kind of stuff. And it really, when you think about how many times he's been here, it's a lot. He's one of those under the radar regulars. Well, yeah. And I think for me, the other thing, too, is like I, w- I was a non WWE watcher for a lot of his run. Like my my WWE memories of Swoggle is all uh, 3MB and like the the WLC match and stuff like that. So like to me, I've seen Swoggle way more at AIW than I ever have on on WWE, even though he was there forever. It was uh, Hornswoggle getting the win by pin after putting Wes Barkley through a door. Yeah, that one actually broke. <laughs> more on that when we review the next show yeah man i don't know who was sent out to find the doors but bad job you did bad job <laughs> I, I think it might i think it might have been the angle that it was at because it was kind of like standing up uh like almost you know flat and i, I think if it would have been at more of an angle there's a better chance of it breaking I look at like a lot of that shit because like, you know, anytime uh, those wrestlers try to stack like a door on top of another door, they always yeah. fuck up because, you know, you have, if you're going to put that, that first door down and you're going to put, the, put the door on the seat, then you're going to, whenever you stack it, you got to flip the chairs around and put the second table on the back of the chairs. Yeah. And nobody ever thinks about that. And it's just like, it's all a bunch of angle shit. Well, the the one for me was it's the second night, so it has nothing to do with this night. But that one table that looked like it was made out of Formica or some shit, like it came out of a church <laughs> in 1973. Like, whew, I knew that shit wasn't breaking the minute I saw it. I'm pretty sure they got that table from Buffalo from somebody from the Bills Mafia. Huh. That that fucking had to be what happened. Fucking Collins coming through Buffalo and grabs a fucking table. I haven't looked yet, but that some of those had to make Botchamania. That had to be the I am the table. You would think. Isn't isn't Botchamania down or something? I don't know. Like I don't watch it a whole oh, lot. Maybe, maybe it is. I'm not like a weekly watcher of it or whatever. Regular watcher. I had just seen stuff like because I don't really watch it at all, but I know I had seen like a tweet about it. About like the maybe the YouTube channel's down and a couple other things and um, I have no idea. Matthew's trying to work on it, but that's a that's a different story. So, yeah, let's get on to the next match. Next up, we had, speaking of Colin Delaney, to infinity and beyond versus the debuting main event. Oh, yeah. Duke Davis and Gannon Jones Jr. I was one of the handful of people in the crowd that as soon as I heard this music, like I didn't know their theme offhand, but I knew vaguely what it sounded like and when i heard it i flipped my shit because that means the boys are debuting this was fucking awesome stacy i know you know who main event was we talked about him pre- previously here earlier how how was this for you dude i was through the fucking roof over this uh if there was ever a tag team uh that i've seen outside of aiw that i was like holy fuck these guys need to be in aiw it was main event and and the real main event, not that other weird fucking main event with the guy <laughs> with the fake meat in his mouth or whatever. Uh, this main event, the Black Craft Champions main event. <laughs> ah, yep. uh, they, uh, the main brothers. Yeah, dude, they're from they're from Pittsburgh and they're fucking great. And 
I am so fucking happy that they had uh, two nights in Cleveland. And I hope that means that they have a bunch more nights in Cleveland. But they've also had some nights in Jacksonville lately. So who knows? Yeah, this is one of those teams that could be really easily scooped up. I, I'm kind of comparing them size-wise because obviously like it's not a perfect comparison, but Bear Country. As in, you know, I don't know if we're going to see Bear Country in AIW again. So if, let's say we don't, and they're they're off in Jacksonville, they're in a- AEW. If there's a team that was a perfect team to take their spot, it's fucking main event. At least in my opinion. Dude, they're so big. Yeah. But the, like, so Bear Country are like hefty dudes, though. These yeah. guys are just jacked. Uh, so fucking good, man. So happy for them. Uh, and to to get... To infinity and beyond for your debut, dude. How much better could you have it handed to you? Like, are two guys who are gonna make sure that you look good or Colin and Cheech, and they sure fucking did. What were your thoughts on the main event, Brock? Uh, I've heard about the main event a lot, and I finally got to see them um, just a couple of months ago. Like, I finally got to see them for the first time, and I thought that they were amazing. And whenever I saw them, I, I like I couldn't understand why I have never seen them in AIW before. And so I kind of recognized the music whenever it started. I'm like, you know, I, 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 know, I know I've heard this before. I didn't recognize it from AIW. So I was trying to think of other people that I've seen, it, like some of the other, uh, the very few smaller promotions that I've went to. And I just, like, it just didn't click until they actually walked out. And then I was like, holy shit. And I looked over at Jonah because he didn't know who they were. I was like, these guys should have been here a long time ago. And to actually to finally see them uh, in an AIW ring, to hear the reaction that they got from the AIW crowd, uh, that made me really happy. And to have Colin and Cheech as your first opponents, there's nobody better that you can have to, to get that for the, you know, the, your, your debut out of the way. Uh, as a tag team, having Colin and Cheech in there is the perfect ones. Dude, I was so excited that the crowd knew who they were and that there was more than like just me going fucking nuts for them. Uh, such a good thing. And I, so one of the tryouts, I don't know if it was the last talent initiative or the one before it, uh, but Duke Davis did the talent initiative, but Gannon Jones couldn't. He had something else going on. Um, so he had done the talent initiative before, but I think maybe they held him out because they knew he was part of a tag team and they weren't really going to ever do anything like solo with Duke Davis, you know, uh, it was the, it was the last talent initiative, uh, before COVID. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, Hey, yo, because I remember going over and talking to him and I do believe, I think Gannon was like on vacation. Yeah. I know there was something going on where he wasn't able to be there. Yeah. Um, but those, those dudes rule and, uh, I can I cannot wait to see uh, what all they get to do in AIW. Yeah, I, I really hope that we get to have them back. AIW has a fantastic tag team division, and the addition of the main event just continues to up the level of the the division. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Well, here's the thing: I, like AIW's tag team division is so varied. Like all the teams are a little bit different, and main event brings a totally different thing into it than any of the other teams have, which is really fucking cool. I think the AIW has the best tag team division on the independents right now. Strong agree. I was gonna they're say missing, they're missing like one team, but that team will never happen. So you might have to tell me who that who that team is later. 
I think I know where you're going, and uh, it'll be forever before we would see that team in AIW. Never. It's never going to happen. That's not going to happen ever. John needs John's happiness. I don't know. If that's... <laughs> All right, I know who it is now. I was trying to lay down a hint. I don't know if I, I hinted at the right tag team, but that was kind of my your your hint put it into my head, and then hearing Pam in the background completely that that helped me out one hundred percent. I know exactly who we're talking about now. Tell Pam to get a microphone next time. <laughs> Uh, Pam, get a microphone. Hey, whoever that is, <laughs> suck my dick. Louder than the last one. <laughs> yeah, that one was said with purpose. Well, <laughs> I fucking love this show. Because I can't hear you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we can tell her, <laughs> tell her she can hear us on Thursday. Or no, actually, no, it would be before Thursday. He says you can hear them on Thursday or before Thursday. <laughs> she just gave you an eye roll that very much said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> she said she's legit been straight up napping and like woke up right as all that. <laughs> Right. Um, what does Pam think about main event debut? No, I'm kidding. Pam uh, loves main event. I know she does. He's been on the main event fucking train for a while. Like it's we we we're fans. So I don't know how I feel about the whole football gimmick, but they're so good in the ring that it doesn't even fucking matter. You know, I never noticed the football. This is how ridiculous this is. I've watched a bunch of their matches, and I never really noticed the football gimmick until this past weekend. That was like before I even saw them wrestle ever. Like the first, you know, I saw just promo shots of them, and I was just like, "Why is he wearing football pads? I don't understand. <laughs> Why does he have a football helmet? I don't get this. Like, are these guys wrestlers? But they're just they're so good in the ring. Like once they actually step in there, and you just see how like big and how jacked they, those guys are, and then they start working, and you, like you see that they've got some really like those guys have got a lot of talent. You just don't even think about the football gimmick anymore. Yeah, and they move quick. Like, they're yep. big and they're fast. So fast. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I watched it back, and, uh, you know, Carson just kept going, you know, these guys could be getting drafted right now in the first round. Right down the street. <laughs> For real. I mean, to me, I don't look at it necessarily as a football gimmick. I look at them as, like, as their size. They're kind of like jocks. You're stereotyp- like your stereotypical athlete. So they, they you know, that's kind of where it comes on. Like, yeah, they wear, they do have a helmet thing. They wear, uh, have the Gatorade classic water bottle and all that kind he's of stuff. Th- he's got thigh pads. Uh, yeah, they did that too. But yeah, I don't. But like Brock said, like, and I, like, I, I've seen them a bunch of times and like the football piece of it never really played into it for me until this past weekend. So like, it is one of those things where like, yeah, it's there, but I didn't notice it because I was too busy paying attention to how fucking good they were. And, I've seen, I saw Gannon years upon years ago before the main event when uh, he was actually singles wrestler back in, I want to say 2016. Yeah, I think Iowa uh, back in Canton and to see, or maybe it might have been late 2015, but the, the main point is his progression and like him and Duke, like that's, that's a fucking tag team. That's up there, especially with a lot of like, a lot of the AIW tag teams are great fucking tag teams. Like I, if I would compare them to anybody, PME of like two dudes who just 
go together and it works so well. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting shit that can happen with them being involved in the AIW tag team division. I can't wait to see it. Any more thoughts on this match and debut? It was Gannon pinning Colin Delaney for the win. So the main event debuts and gets the win. Love to see it. Speaking of love to see it, let's move on to the next match. Next up, we had Derek Dillinger versus the franchise Shane Douglas. Uh, Jeff was sitting next to me and like he didn't recognize uh, Deep Purple Perfect Strangers. I fucking flipped my shit because I knew exactly who it was. Like no fucking way. And he comes out and like this, like this obviously isn't the first time we've seen Shane Douglas in AEW, but still for a dude who doesn't live too far away, it's still a special moment to see, see him in AIW. And this, uh, Derek grew up a lot loving Shane. Dude, those two pictures he has now, the one of him with him as a kid and the one of him from this past weekend. So good. Yeah. Uh, Shane Douglas to me, like, so I, I knew like the sad, I think most people knew the Sabu thing had, had kind of happened, uh, prior to the show where a lot of people did. Uh, I, did not think about Tim Donst being the replacement for Sabu. I thought Shane Douglas had been the replacement for Sabu. And I was like, oh, how smart is that? Get a better ECW guy who lives close to come in and take the fucking place of Sabu. I'm I'm big in on Shane Douglas. He's great. Yeah, he's the one of that's going to be with Mikey Whiprack at Time Capsule Toys. And if I can make it there and get an ECW figure in and get him to sign it, like I'll I'll fucking be there because Shane's just fucking awesome. He's one of those dudes. I told him when I met him back in or because I think I met him before, but like seeing again back in November, I was like, you're one of those dudes that like as a kid, I obviously really didn't like you. But as I got older, there's like way more appreciation for you. And like, I, I just think you're awesome. Like, I think we talked a little bit about like that kind of thing. So anytime now that he's in AIW, it's it's a good moment. Dude, you can see how much Shane Douglas loves wrestling. Yeah. And, like, that's a big thing for me. Like, uh, there's a lot of the guys from from his generation, of his age, that they're <clears throat> they're showing up because they know they can collect a paycheck doing it still. And, you know, they half-ass it and whatever. He gives everything he's got every time he comes out. And you can tell that he's having a fucking good time when he's out there. I, this is really fucking good. And what a fucking cool match for Derek to have. Such a cool match. You know, and Thorn talked on the uh, AIW podcast. And he said, you know, if you if you ever have a chance to uh, have a conversation with Shane Douglas, you know, to take it. And I 100% agree with that. Like I I got to talk to Shane. Um, it was actually outside of the Odeon for an a- ARW show, and we stood there for like 45 minutes before he ever even, like even stepped foot inside the building. And uh, he just talked with me and uh, my one buddy. It was really cool. Um, but this match, especially, you know, knowing how much that meant to Derek uh, to have that match, too, was really cool. Um, anytime you get to see Shane Douglas, I like I always get really excited for it. He's one of my favorites, even to this day. Um, as soon as I hear the music, I get really excited. Um, you know, I throw those those three fingers up and I always wait for uh, the end of the match because he usually has uh, some really great promo where he puts over a Candido and Bam Bam still. I will say this. I I enjoy that promo when it's the length it was on this show. I have seen that promo go a little long before. Oh, yeah, me too. And I, I even looked over at Mike 
Cause it, you know, cause it, it ended up being shorter, but I looked over at Mike and I was like, man, he has the same promo every single show. And then, you know, he cut it short and I was like, huh, I guess he, maybe he is changing it up a little bit. I don't know if maybe it was because he knew there was like a TV schedule, you know, like, cause it was being streamed or whatever, uh, that he kept it short or what, but I enjoy the shorter version of that speech more than the long version. <laughs> I mean, he probably cut it because he knew that cause you know, Shane Douglas is a fucking professional. Right. And I, I, I think I've seen Shane Douglas three times in AIW now and all three times he's lost. And that's the way Shane Douglas wants it. Unless I've seen him another time, but I, I want to say he's lost every single time, which I'm fine with. He's he's putting over that next generation, man. You got to respect it. Oh, yeah. I know he was at that place that smelled like cat piss. Yeah, that was uh, MJF yeah. as his opponent. But uh, And then there was, all- was a surprise that like, men around the lake once, I think. Yeah, because it was Carson. Yeah, because it was supposed to be Brian Myers versus Brian Carson, I believe. And Myers couldn't make it. Uh, I think there was uh, flight issues. And then that's that's when we got... Uh, Shane Douglas that time. One thing that I was thinking, like, like during that speech, could you imagine if we had Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Chris Candido alive? Like, what the indie scene would be like being able to see like all three members and like all three of those dudes. I would have a lot of pictures of me with Bam Bam Bigelow. (laughs) Yeah, those would probably be like some of the only Mark picks I would ever pay for, especially like with Candido. Yeah, like I loved Candido oh, yeah. when I was younger. Yeah, dude, 100% would pay for pictures with Candido. And um yeah, uh Jake Clemens would have pictures with Bam Bam Bigelow too, hands down cuz I know that that's his favorite. And yeah, Candido's Candido is another special one that I I have a one Candido shirt. It's like easily one of my favorite shirts. I just don't wear it a lot cuz it's a little tight and it's a little thicker than normal, but I always get compliments wearing it. But man, I'm real happy for Derek that he's getting this push. It's long overdue uh, that he's getting this this kind of singles run where he's getting like high profile matches mm-hmm. because he was just kind of a part of the production the whole time and like kind of the tag team aspect of the production and just them as a, a whole became the thing there. And I, I like seeing it be about Derek now. It's really fucking cool. I definitely agree with you. I'm going to jump on the the Josh Goldstein train and you know say that uh, Derek is a future intense champion. I don't know that he's going to be Josh Bishop for that championship, but I can definitely see him as a viable contender for uh, for the intense championship. Hey man, I think if you go back and listen, I might have started that train. Josh just hopped <laughs> aboard. All right, I'm sorry. I guess I'm jumping on the train with you then. That's I just cool. I just hear Josh I don't care who gets credit. I just for broke. Maybe I do care who gets credit because I just mentioned <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. As all long right. as Derek gets that belt, that's all I fucking care about. All right, salsa boy. <laughs> yeah, even just a side note with Derek, I've watching him from outside of AIW to now and just the complete metamorphosis, literally direction to director to Dillinger and evolving every step of the way and where we are now. With him and Ziggy being the production, uh, I love it, and it, it does give you know Derek some time to shine. And on a side note, I know I put it out on Twitter. Ziggy is twenty twenty one Luna Vachon, and I am here for it. And that is not a knock; that is a pure compliment. 
you know, I think that those two have done so good that like when I, now, whenever I think about the production, like I only think about Derek and Ziggy, I don't think about, you know, Eddie and Dan Housen and Frankie and Magnum. Like I think about Derek and, and Ziggy. Well, Frankie's clearly not part of it anymore. You're, yeah, definitely not. And he seems like he might be a little bitter uh, if you watch those go for broke episodes. But yeah, I mean, I just I, I don't think about those times whenever I think about the production anymore. You know, the production is Derek and, and Ziggy. And I think that that's not a bad thing. How dare you forget about Colby Red? That is an insult to the legacy of the man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, kind of somewhat mentioned, you know, Derek did get the win, uh, via pinfall over Shane Douglas. I wasn't surprised, but still happy to not only see the match, see the outcome. Awesome. See awesome moment and everything for Derek. All right. Let's uh, move into the next matchup, which we went into intermission, but we came back to this Lee Moriarty versus Dominic Garini. Sadly to say, the now former IWTV independent champion, Lee Moriarty, versus Dominic Garini. This was a match that I don't know if we had ever seen before, but as soon as both competitors were out, I was like, ooh, I didn't realize this was a match I wanted, but I'm here for it. This is awesome. Match of the night. 100% match of the night. As, as far as like actual wrestling matches go, definitely. Because I think the match that I think it might have been after this one, uh, might have been my match of the night, but you've got two really, 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 really good technical wrestlers. Um, I could watch those two wrestle every single day. I that match was amazing. And yeah, there's these two are so fucking awesome to see in the ring together, and dude. Th- as soon as this match was over, because the next night was, um, uh, uh, you know, a mystery card as well. Uh-huh. I was like, dude, I hope they run this fucking match back again tomorrow. Like, I was already ready to see this same fucking match happen again immediately. Uh, it's so fucking good. Just, uh, Brock said it. As far as, like, technical wrestling on the show, nobody came close. Uh, it just really fucking good. I'm, I can't say enough good things about this fucking match. Both of these dudes are, like, two of the best dudes on the indies. Like, this match, a couple of years from now, people will go back and look at and be like, holy shit, those two dudes wrestled on this show? Like, fucking good. So fucking good. I I think whenever we go back and we look at some of the guys, there's some of the matches that these guys have had in the past. Like, you look at the the series that Lee had with Alex Shelley, and, like, you look at some of the matches that Dom had with Eric Stevens. I think that this match... As much as I loved every single one of those matches, you know, that like Dom and Eric had and Lee and uh, Alex had, I think this match may have topped both or all of those matches for me. This match was just it it was amazing. Uh, Dom and Lee are two of the best to be doing technical wrestling right now on the independence, in my opinion. And their styles are both different. You know what I mean? Like there was still a little bit of like a, each of them have a different approach to it, which kept it fucking interesting. It made it not just like a boring grapple fuck, you know? Definitely. And without getting into the next show, Dom kind of owned these two shows. Yeah, he did. Easily had yeah. the best match of both nights. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be one of those things, like even in the history books, we're going to be able to look back at Dominic Greeny's career. And we're going to be like, we witnessed so much shit. 
of this dude's rise. Like there's definitely way more out there for him than we've seen. And I'm, so, I, I'm fucking here for it. So each night I feel like Dom was in the match of the, like the best wrestling match of the night. And then someone else was in the craziest match of the night, you know, but like Dom both nights, best match of the night period. Not even, not even close. I think I, I think I know where you're going with that, but uh, we'll get into that as the the show goes on. But yeah, Dom easily uh, matched the night in. I'd have to look up whether Lee Moriarty and Dom have ever had a match together. If this was their first, I don't know why it didn't happen sooner. But I think this is like this is like two dudes who are on the rise and have a ton of potential. And they're both what? they're both good outside in the ring and outside of the ring as people. Like I love both Dom and Lee together. Yeah, how about that? Two actual good people. Rare to find in 2021 too in professional wrestling. Who'd have known? I I also got to say like so Dom is like a fixture of AIW, right? Like he is he is part of AIW, but like Lee's everywhere, right? Like he was the independent wrestling champion. He wrestled at the last two collectives like i don't know 150 matches it felt like like he was at everything right but it was good to see lee in aiw i feel like aiw is kind of a home for lee moriarty like it kind of springboarded all of this for him and like i hope uh i hope lee's still around for a while i like lee moriarty being at aiw a lot I love Lee being in AIW, but if he's not going to be here, I don't want him on this continent. I'm with you 100%. And I don't think that's really doable right now. So AIW for Lee Moriarty. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, when he gets that moment, that's going to be hella fucking awesome. Oh, dude. I, I hope that when that happens, he goes there and he kills it. I hope he becomes the biggest star on that island. Uh, but until then... AIW for Lee Moriarty. <laughs> AI fucking W for the fucking brand. Uh, any other thoughts on Dom versus Lee Moriarty? All right. Uh, Dom picked up the win via pinfall. Picked up a win over the reigning champion at the time. Yeah, well, uh, maybe uh, Dom will get a IWTV independent wrestling title shot. I'd really like to see that. I'd love to see Dom as that champion, too. Yeah. It's another guy that another guy that would certainly deserve holding that belt. Let's move on to the next match. Up next, fucking Matt Justice versus Kaplan. Uh, side note for me, it was somewhere after this show, and I think before the next episode of Go for Broke, Kaplan finally changed his Twitter handle. And for me, <laughs> this is great because. His new handle is at Kaplan AIW. His old one, which is probably a Twitter handle he's had for a long time, at Ryan Peppers 24. Uh-huh. And, I, and I always felt like that's really weird. I'm like, oh man, like you're Kaplan, not Ryan Peppers. But uh, now I'm really happy he's changed that. But another match that I didn't know I wanted, and this was also a no DQ match. Holy fuck. This shit was crazy. Uh, Thoughts on uh, not catching your boy, Stacy? I was in the wrong seat, man. Yeah. I was in the wrong seat. Like the the layout for getting to your seats at this show was a little bit different than it's ever been in the past at AIW. And I was ushered to the seats that I had and 
so uh, you know Mike Trombetta uh, was seated in the seats next to us, so we decided Orange Flasty was like kind of right behind us, so we decided not to rock the boat. We were given the opportunity to go to that other seat, and I was like, you know what, I'll be here tomorrow. I'll sit over there the next day. Uh, so you know, it, it it what needed to happen happened eventually, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of sad that he didn't trust me and Jeff to uh, catch him, but I mean, that yeah. that is what it is. Uh, that's a, that's something for you to take up with Mr. Justice, my friend. Uh, there will be no taking up of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I strongly trust this man's decision and accept it. It's probably the right. Move. So yeah, uh, thoughts on this insane match. Let's start with Holy the- fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> this one was my match of the night. This was I, the craziest I, match of the Ka- Kaplan is is my favorite wrestler. Um, I love <laughs> I, I, this. This match is just fucking insane. Like that uh, flipping Van Daminator that Justice did uh, with all those chairs stacked up. Um, whenever he so he had Kaplan uh, sitting down in the corner with a table, and then Kaplan uh, or then Justice like flips. And goes through the table and like smashes it on Kaplan. Uh, Kaplan doesn't put his hands up at all. Yeah, never. Uh, Justice, you know, has him in the corner again and runs at him with the chair and drop kicks the chair into his face. And Kaplan once again just does not put his hands up. Uh, Kaplan doing that fucking tope with uh, Justice laying on the table to the outside. Like holy fuck! Uh, it, it was insane. And then um, my, I think my favorite spot of the match is whenever Kaplan picks Justice up in the like power bomb, power bomb position, and then just throws him down like stomach first on that fucking chair. That was Ugh. fucking insane. This this was yeah definitely this was the craziest match of the night. And it was long. Like they beat the shit out of each other for a long time. But it was perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying it was long in a bad way. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here right, right with you, man. Like I agreed so much. According to Cage Match, 16 minutes, 24 seconds. That's a long ass time to hit each other in the head with shit. And yeah, it is. That's less than two minutes shorter than the main event. I want, and that's the second longest match of the night. Absolutely fucking. Great. Is fucking crazy, and this is another wild match that I never knew I fucking wanted, and we got it. And good God, dude, Kaplan is on fire. Like between Go for Broke, the fucking JCW show that him and Bishop had, that fucking, and then his matches from this past weekend, Whew. and the Jack Daniels and Spicy Barbecue Sauce at the bar later that night. Yeah, boy, everything's coming up, Kaplan, man. Twenty twenty one, the year of Kaplan. Fuck yeah. Seems it, doesn't it? Oh, uh, let let him be the one the win go for broke. Ooh. I'm fine with that. Oh, I'm fine with that. Oh god, god, this would be fucking amazing. Dude, him and Bishop for the absolute champion absolute absolute championship, that match would be <sighs> insane. Like that's that's one that I never I never knew I needed. I gotta say though, man, and this this might be uh this this might be the case for those two guys. Like I feel like Matt and Josh always anything they do, no matter how good their match is, it's always going to be compared to that spot off the balcony, right? And I think that Josh 
and Kaplan might have blown their load on that already. I don't know that anything's going to stack up. If you've seen that fucking JCW match, man, that's a lot to try to like to try to top that. Whew, I don't even know. I mean, I want to see it. I'd like to see him try to. But holy shit. Yeah, I haven't had time to watch the uh, JCW match. I, I do need to sit down and watch it. Oh, my God. Have you seen it, Brock? No, I haven't. Holy shit. You both need to fucking find that link that is out there in places uh, and yeah, I know watch and watch it. Holy fucking shit. Summers, you as a fucking juggalo, I'm surprised you didn't like whoop whoop right off to fucking watch that shit as soon as it was announced. I mean, if, if you want to get technical, I'm, you're su- you should be surprised I didn't whoop whoop my way to Detroit and buy tickets for that show through their Patreon, but I don't I don't subscribe to their Patreon because they do that shit every couple months and it's expensive. And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. good. It looked cool, though. Everything looked like a prison. Like, all the people who came to the show got, like, prison shirts and shit to wear. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I want to see the I want to see that match, and then I want to see the other AIW match that was there. Yeah. like to see as a whole how AIW was represented, and eventually I'll, I'll sit down, because I know, I know where to find that link. I just haven't seen it, and I, I do want to say they uh, that link got released probably when I was at work. Oh, maybe. So I haven't had time to, like, throw it up on my TV and you know, relax and watch it. Oh, it's, it's worth the watch. It is, it is hundred percent worth. I don't know that you need to watch the whole fucking, the whole show. Uh, I mean, you like ICP, so you might get a lot of enjoyment out of the whole fucking thing. For me, uh, that was that match in particular was fucking amazing. All right. Anything more on justice and Kaplan? I'm surprised that they were both walking the next day. That's really the only thing, but at the, at, at the same time, Nothing those two people, those two guys like do should surprise me. So it was just an awesome match. It was everything I would expect if you told me in advance that Justice was wrestling Kaplan. It was it was exactly what I would expect to see. It was fucking brutal and it was amazing. And it was Justice getting the win via pinfall. Absolute carnage. We all won that match. <laughs> True. All right, let's uh, move on to the next match, which was a semi-main event. Next up, we had Bulking Season versus the Bitcoin Boys versus 40 Acres versus PME for the AIW Tag Team Championships. What what a way to return to the tag team title pitcher. You get the champions defending against three teams that have whether it be between go for broke or just in the previous year have made a lot of uh, noise, especially the fucking Bitcoin boys thoughts on this crazy fucking match. I, I love this match too. I think it was a great way uh, to represent the Academy too, to like, just really give a showcase of the Academy. Cause all four, or I mean, all eight of those guys um, are graduates of the Academy uh, having Jocelyn out there with 40 acres, um, I love that addition. I mean, I know we've had it for a little while now, uh, but I, I love the addition of Jocelyn with 40 acres. Uh, I'm not going to step on your toes, Stacy, with the Chuck Stone stuff. I will let you talk about how amazing Chuck Stone is. Um, I, I love all the guys that were in that match. 
um, having Jocelyn uh, give that low blow to Duke too was perfect. Charles fucking hamburger got himself <laughs> memed <laughs> or gift. I should say gift. Uh, he fucking holy shit destroyed him. <laughs> I'm so glad that dude's back wrestling. Uh, I, him and Arthur make the weirdest fucking tag team ever. And I, I dig it a bunch, but that dude has improved so much. Like go back and think about the first match. I don't know if you were there, Brock. Um, but I know you were Justin, like, Think about their debut match, like that student group, and like try to think about Chuck then, and like he was he was fine, um, but the improvement that dude's made from then to now, man, I really like that dude, so good. Glad that he had a moment in this match that kind of got immortalized and remembered from that night, passed around on the fucking Twitter for a while. Was this one of those moments that people were tagging candy dots in? I don't know if he got tagged in it or not. I'm sure. I'm sure someone did. I mean, I think every every spot that ever happens in wrestling, I think some asshole fucking tags Cornette in. But whatever. When that when that whole spot was going down, I had Arthur in front of me, and I was like paying attention to that. Like it was literally right in front of the barricade in front of me, and then that fucking shit happens, and I'm like. I kind of seen it because it was in my uh, line of sight, but I was just focusing on Arthur and whoever was there. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck happened? Everybody's going fucking crazy. And then I had to like go back and obviously see the gift and be like, oh, okay. Oh, shit. Like, um, it almost seemed like Mikey was kind of fucked up, too. Like, it was kind of like uh, scary for a second, but yeah, obviously seemed to be fine. It, he sold it perfectly because whenever that was happening, Mike looked over at me and he's like, there's no way he's getting up from that. And then, you know, right you know, 30 seconds later, he's back up on his feet, moving around. And Mike just goes, oh, my God, I'm so glad he's OK. Yeah, dude, it looked fucking brutal. It was so good. Charles Hamburger fucking people up. But this match as a whole was fucking crazy. And uh, we kind of mentioned it, uh, the low blow from Jocelyn to Duke. We were all a Jocelyn Navarro fan that night. Yeah, man. I, I don't know how you couldn't be like that whole thing, like the whole current uh way 40 acres has been going with the tag team of pb and trey with her with them uh i dude i really like it like i've liked it on go for broke i liked it here uh this match really gave a, a chance to like showcase not only like people who've been through the aiw academy but the tag team division the homegrown tag team division in aiw that is fucking great. Uh, and like, it's wild that we've talked about all this shit and we really haven't talked much about PME yet and how good they still fucking are. Uh, it's, uh, it's so good. The AIW tag team division is so fucking good. Other promotions should look at that and learn. Hey, I will always sing the praises of Philly and Marino. Those are two of my favorite people on the AIW roster in general. And, they are still, you know, an amazing tag team, and they've gotten a lot better throughout the pandemic as well, even though they haven't had the opportunity to go out and work as much. PME, the, the obviously rightful AIW tag team champions, um, they are the reason why, actually, I don't know if I would say, they're the reason why the tag team division is so good, as in, like, that like that homegrown talent. Like, if there's anybody that highlights that, it's, it's these two. Oh, they're, they're fucking great, man. I've, I've said forever that they should be more places. 
that more places should be booking PME. And it's instantaneous. Like a crowd could not know who the fuck they are. And by the end of that match, the crowd loves PME. And it's I've true. Never seen, I've never seen two people be able to be such instant baby faces ever. It's amazing. And I've seen that shit happen. Literally, people don't know who they are. And by the end of the match, even, even before the end of the match, like everybody loves PME. And that's hey, that's awesome uh, to see. I told Philly a long time ago that the first time I saw him and Marino, I didn't think I was going to like him. And then I, you know, it's kind of kind of the same deal with, uh, you know, like I said earlier about the main event. You know, I looked at the PME gimmick and I went, all right, you know, this is, I don't get it. And then you see how talented those guys are actually are in the ring and you just don't even think about it anymore. It's just that's them. And those two guys are fucking amazing. Any additional thoughts on this match, the competitors, what, whatever? I think it's uh, something that I've noticed, and I, I think obviously he wants everyone to notice. Uh, but I like that PB has kind of changed his shit up like subtly, but intently. Uh, that he's not really referred to as PB anymore. Uh, every time he's announced it, it is pretty boy smooth. Uh, and I, I just like the those little those little tweaks to things that I've watched that dude do over time, just these little subtle changes to evolve the character. Uh, I, I dig. I'm still wondering in AIW, is AJ Gray a part of 40 acres or are we just kind of like moving on without him? Oh, I can't imagine AJ not being an AIW. I'm trying to remember if AJ Gray was part of 40 acres during the indie shows because he kind of came out with it could be because of where you know the the shows that were partnered with, but uh, came out with Second Gear Crew. Yeah, he was pretty fucking busy. Yeah, didn't he uh, team with PB at uh, I sure I assure you were open. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I do got cage match pulled up. Okay, yeah, you were correct. Versus yeah, I mean, versus he, the young studs. Came, yeah, he came down uh, uh, at the end of the show while. Uh, Justice was cutting a promo yeah, uh, with the rest of Second Gear, um, but he was still a part of 40 Acres like for the show. That was the last time we seen him in AIW because he wasn't at Thunder in Minneapolis. Or as I'm looking through the card, he, he's not a competitor. <clears throat> yeah, but again, I think that weekend he was pretty fucking busy. His show, yeah. I think, was right after that, right? It was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you kind of expected him to not be on that AIW card for the collective. Yeah. Because, I mean, even whenever it was, uh, I remember Thorne saying whenever it was supposed to be in Tampa uh, that, you know, you probably weren't going to see, like, you know, Danhausen or AJ on the AIW card just because they already had shows that were being promoted, like, under their name. Right. So, you know, just so just because they already had other stuff that they were going to be putting more of their focus into for that weekend. Thorne already wasn't planning on having them on the show. So it just kind of makes sense to do it again for, you know, the collective in Indiana. That's true. Right. And I don't, I mean, I don't know the details of anything, but I know, you know, funds being limited based on the limited capacity. It's not like AJ lives super close. So that might've been a factor too. I don't know. See, that's what's been kind of my thought process on it of is AJ gray going to be, easier or harder to get up here now and also if you do consider like maybe 
it's like the production where we're going to go into a new phase and maybe somebody's not around anymore to where the the new version of 40 acres is jocelyn trey and pb and they're all fairly easier to get here than aj gray like it's not like he's kicked out it's just like it's gonna be harder to get him here so maybe we don't necessarily consider him a member anymore I don't know until I hear John Thorne say he isn't. I, I'm going to work under the assumption that he is. I think I look at it as when he shows back up, we'll know. We'll know an answer. Until then, it's just purely speculation and thought. You know, right? All right. It was Philly pinning Mikey for PME to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. And still, speaking of uh, champions. Let's move on to the main event of the evening. It was Joshua Bishop versus Mance Warner for the AIW Absolute and Intense Championships, and it was in an intense rules match. I was happy to see Mance Warner back in AIW. Happy to hear that song in the Odeon one more time. Hell yeah. I was happy to hear both of these songs in the Odeon. Yeah. Thumbs up for Bishop. For me, because I feel like if Mance is at any other venue, if he's in Akron, Simple Man doesn't hit the same. Is it cool? Yeah, but when you have the lights out, everybody has their phones, spotlight on the entrance, it's a different aesthetic. So I was happy to finally, uh, finally see and feel that one more time. I was happy to finally get my fist broken again by Josh Bishop. <laughs> yeah. That made me feel so good. I thought this match was really good, too. I feel like, you know, it's pretty much what I would expect from, you know, a Josh Bishop, Nance Warner match. Uh, it got crazy. You know, a lot of brawling out on the floor, a lot of chair shots, a lot of doors being broken. Just kind of everything that you would expect to, to you know, close out an AIW show. It did not disappoint. That was for sure. Like, I know we had this match, but I would love to see a feud between Bishop and Mance. Something similar to Bishop and Justice in a way where you have it to where Mance is on the chase for the title. Because, I mean, that's a moment in AIW a lot of fans would like to see. Whether it happens or not is irrelevant. I I think, like, if we can see Bishop have, like, those matches, even to... uh, Bishop has had two really good feuds back to back. He literally went from uh, him versus Dom to right into him versus Bishop. And they lasted good amount of time, both both feuds. And that's kind of where my head's been of like, like where we're going to go with Bishop and him and Mance. For some reason, just we could have so much fun. And I think those two could tear the house down time after time. I feel, I feel like having Mance and Josh, you know, pick up a feud. Uh, I think that makes perfect sense because then you can kind of keep that whole uh, second gear Rip City uh, aspect going on then too. Yeah, true. So it, it's yeah. just it's a perfect it's a perfect next step for next step next step. Gosh, I'm sorry uh, for for Josh and for Mance. I think I I dig it. It's it's very fucking cool. Uh, I just don't know who's going to beat Josh Bishop. I mean, he's, he's beaten every, like if you go back through and look, okay, so him and justice 
yeah, there was a little bit of back and forth, but in the end, it's really been Bishop, right? Uh, with Dom, Dom could never seem to get it done against Bishop. Now Manser didn't get the job done. Not to spoiler, Josh Bishop still <laughs> here. We haven't got to that part yet, but I mean, Josh Bishop is still the absolute and intense champion. Uh, I just don't, I don't see who's, I don't, I don't see who can win. I don't see who can beat him. He just seems un, unstoppable at this point, especially with Wes. And he didn't even have Brickster, you know, like that group is down a guy. Uh, I just don't see who's going to be able to to get a win against Josh Bishop under the current circumstances. Maybe Mance, maybe on another try, Mance can do it. But man, I don't know. There's only one person that I can think of that I could see being able to take the, the belts off of Josh Bishop right now, and he hasn't been around for a while. I mean, that that's all like a whole different topic when it comes to like the both belts. Are we going to get to a point where... Bishop is going to lose the intense title or like lose the absolute title first, like two separate matches in a night. Uh, he defends them both together every time. When have you seen them not defend? I mean, a very small sample size thus far, but I haven't seen him not defend both belts yet. That's that. I mean, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't happen. Kind of the way I look at it. Like there could, because if someone challenges for the intense title, I don't know who, but, like that could be a potential thing that happens. Yeah, I, I sure. I mean, that's a, that's a possibility. Who knows? Yeah, because I feel like eventually, like those titles are going to be separated. I just don't know how, and I don't know who. Don't know when. Or are they? I mean, you would think they would, right? Sure. I mean, right, right. I would have never thought they would be together. I mean, for right now, it makes sense. Like, I, I don't have a big issue with it. I think by the time things go back to normal, I wouldn't be surprised if the titles do get separated one way or another because yeah, at the same time uh, he has gone up against pretty much every heavy hitter and none of them have been able to get the job done so for him to lose a belt even one belt he still has to lose i don't know and josh looks like so the the quarantine and uh the year that we had in 2020 was good for some people and it was bad for other people Josh Bishop came out of it looking like a million fucking dollars. Josh Bishop looks like a fucking monster. He it's amazing. Does. He's that dude is so jacked. And like he, he's constantly posting videos and shit on his Instagram too of him, you know, in the gym. And uh I you know I, I drove past him one day uh you know here in Canton. He was getting off of the uh the exit and I went, "Holy shit, that was Josh." So I sent him a message real quick and was like, hey, I just saw you're in town. You want to get a drink? And he was like, uh, maybe I got to go to the gym. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man, cool. So I mean, like, he's he's definitely putting the work in and it, it's showing. I'm curious of what's the last singles match that Josh Bishop has lost in AIW that wasn't to the hands of Matt Justice. Oh, I couldn't even tell you. I might be looking this up as i'm speaking i assumed you were i can't even think of who he wrestled before i mean the only person that comes to mind was like him and dom so i mean then you have to go back to even before him and dom it would have been probably filthy tom i do believe it's filthy tom uh at hail to the king baby 
and that's February 23rd, 2019. And I'm, I'm only going singles matches and obviously not to Matt, Matthew Justice because, like, for example, uh, Jayla 2019, you know, he beat Trey in round one, but he ends up losing. He lost, wait a minute, did he? Oh, yeah, he lost the next round because he didn't, he didn't go to the finals. But, yeah, he lost in the second round, but that wasn't a singles match. Right. And then there's, like, you know, there's tag there's a lot of tag team matches. And after that, I mean, a lot of his, you know, he, he ended up beating Dom at bad boy for life. He beat uh, Nick gauge um, at uh, 200. So there's been a lot of other matches, but it's really, he's, he's been losing. I mean, he, he kind of made up the, for that loss at the beginning of the year. And I didn't even think about this at that time at the beginning of the year. Like I said, lost to filthy Tom Lawler at hail to the King baby, but at hell on earth that year, obviously, beats filthy tom becomes champion yeah and i mean think about that so that's tom waller beat that guy yep big gauge beat that guy dom mance justice i i don't know man that's that's like every heavy hitter right if we go back even further uh because also he did defeat ethan page at zero cool there you go that guy's on tv but the match big star the the singles match after that that he did lose so this is the previous singles defeat after Filthy Tom is Tracy Williams at Rubber City Con for the absolute title. And that's Josh at a much younger point in his career. Yeah. So he only loses an Akron is what you're telling me. <laughs> and oh, how about that? Sort of hometown, though. Hometown curse, maybe. Uh, yeah. Not quite I, hometown, but closer than Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say, I want to say, Trey has lost uh, most, at least most of the Akron matches that he's had. Yeah, come to look at it, like he's got a pretty good singles record in AIW. Uh, he's yeah. uh, he also uh, has beat Josh Prohibition. Yeah, that's. I'm telling you, man. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know who the person would be. I mean, so look, man. In any given night, right? Like, yeah. Any anything can happen, I guess, but. It's Josh Bishop is no pushover. Josh Josh is young, so I think a lot of people don't think about you know how accomplished he is. But when you look at that fucking record, man, whoo, something. It's something to the point where he already would have to be considered one of the best absolute champions of all time already, just based on who he's beat already in his career. Do you know who else he's beaten AIW? Who? Kurt Stallion. Oh, you know, I heard something about that dude once. He likes to hunt. He does. That's the thing I heard. That and fishing. And then yeah, that other that's thing. that's something that me and him have in common is that we both like to fish. Oh, but that's that's right. about it, I think. Yeah. And then also uh, looking back at this cage match, enter the thirty-six Chronic Chambers. He defeated again Nance Warner, and that was his second singles match in AAW. I'm not going to mention the first person. Oh, was Josh's first singles match against Redacted? A different Redacted. A 20, uh, 20 Redacted. Shit, now I have to go look this up. Oh, <laughs> oh. I don't know that that dude's Redacted. He just ain't around. Well, he's canceled. That kind of, well, he's not, he's not Redacted. He's canceled. If you want to know who we're talking about, just go to Cage Match, look it up. Yeah, but that's a guy who's no longer... Seem to be welcome in professional wrestling, but that's uh, let's get back to Josh Bishop. You know, it, it it does any 
for football would be any given Sunday, but any match. Yeah. Nick Gage. I guess maybe I have a different guy in mind than who that was. I'll have to dig back through that cage match. Yeah, I think I just figured it out before I even got there. I I think I know who you're talking about now. He's not an extreme notable name. But anyway. He's the howler. Uh, we could also we could see somebody like maybe Nick Gage beat Bishop. But yeah, he's he's lost to him, but doesn't mean he can't beat him somewhere again down the line. Like look at and Bishop that, and Tom. That was my thought too. My thought was Gage, you know, and especially if you have it in like a surprise situation where, you know, if 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 they were going to do another mystery card, if you're going to have anybody come out as a mystery, um, that's going to be Josh. Nick Gage is the one that I can see doing it. I don't know. Gage is holding a different belt right now. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that both of those belts should be held by the same guy at the same time. Yeah, but at the same time, we're not saying that it has to be, you know, at the next show. Sure. I wouldn't, sure. I, I wouldn't, I, what I want to see from Josh is not necessarily him to lose. I know he's eventually going to lose. That's, that's professional wrestling. I want him to see him have another good feud because like I've said, we've seen it with the last two, whoever it is next. I, that's, I, I think I want to see them. I don't necessarily want to see, you know, challenger of the month. Dude, I, I kind of do want to see challenger of the month. That, that was actually what I was going to say is that I want to kind of see, Josh Bishop go head to head with a who's who of who's available the best of the best on the on the fucking indies, man. I think that's the conversation we've had off uh, microphone in uh, certain text chat places. And the question is like, who? Which it's, it's, it's definitely not a knock. It's just that, that question would be like, who would be that person? Like, who would be those people that would that would face him? Which I it's not that I don't want it. It's just maybe I want to see somebody chasing it somebody like sure. we root for whether whether they you know they don't capture it that's fine but have it be a good few because even with you know justice and and bishop it wasn't like every month like we knew there was a time when bishop was chasing it and justice was chasing and even like the storyline of that whole feud which if you listen to at odds with wrestling this past week joe got it kind of wrong but there's there's been so much there with those two and it's really cool to see because i was actually thinking during the main event for the next show man i'd love to see a best of dvd like just put all their matches on one dvd i want to see it like or one file on iwtv because there's a story here to be told between them and i i genuinely love that's one reason that i come to is to see stories like that because they they do happen yeah, well, you know, the 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 storyline aspect of AIW is something that it gets very right that a lot of other promotions don't. Uh, and I totally understand the, the want of having uh, another feud, another ongoing thing for Josh. I get it. I would love to see it. But I would also be totally fine with just seeing him shown like the story just being like, look, nobody can beat this fucking guy. Like this guy comes in, these noted people come in, they can't get it done because then that makes whoever the next story is, the person who goes in, that makes that an even bigger deal because it elevates Josh, you know, I don't know. Just spitballing. Yeah. As, as time goes on, we'll see. That's that. I mean, that's going to be like part of the fun for sure. I mean, I, I do think at some point you got to run Kaplan and Josh back. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's got to fucking happen, but Whoever it is, I also think it's become pretty fucking obvious that Josh Bishop has good fucking matches. Yeah. Like, 
What's the last bad Josh Bishop match you can remember? It's uh, pretty tough, to be honest. The one that I can remember or that like Josh would say was bad because the one that Josh would say was bad was him and Justice whenever he beat him for the Intense Championship the first time. Yeah. But if you ask me, I can't remember the last time Josh Bishop had a bad match. Right. Here's the great thing about how bad that match was. They had one more match after it. We fucking forgot about it. Like that Odeon debut match for obvious reasons, wiped the slate clean. And now that's like, that's what you'll think of. You won't think of that one match, which is good. Yeah. I actually can't even remember that match. It was, it was at the, uh, the piss hall. Oh, that is why I can't remember it because I have tried to block as many things about that cat piss place out of my head as possible. That place exists in just like little snapshots in my brain of like individual things that happened. Like I remember there was a baby. I remember Joey and Nate Webb uh, taking an incredibly long time. I remember Razor Sharp and the gauntlet. (laughs) Uh, Just little snapshots of things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have fully like worked memories of that place because it smelled like absolute cat piss. Yep. Uh, just double checking on cage match. It was, you know, gauntlet for the gold 14. Yeah. Anyway, any, uh, final thoughts on Josh Bishop versus Mance Warner. Uh, for me, that's a perfect main event for night one. Uh, no complaints. Hell of a way to cap off AIW returning to the Odeon. It was a fucking exactly much like many of the other matches on this show. It was exactly what you would expect if you had been told ahead of time that there was going to be a Josh versus Mance match. It was perfect. Yeah, I I agree with both of you guys. It was a great way to cap off uh, night one. Uh, it was a great way, uh, a great main event for uh, AIW's return to Cleveland. Um all around i don't have any complaints with it it was uh josh bishop pinning mance warner to retain both the absolute and intense championships and that was the end of the night for me not a bad match on the card if i probably were to pick one it would probably be swoggle versus west barkley but how like that was the perfect amount of time to where i don't think of it as a bad match it was it was literally perfect and it's not an insult calling it a bad match just that whole the whole card was good and my initial reaction of the night was not a bad match and i will stick with that yeah i don't think there was a bad match on the show not at all i think everything uh all the matches played into what needed it what it needed to be uh top to bottom i think i think it was a pretty solid aiw card yeah like you mentioned smoggle versus west but i mean that's you're not going into that match expecting like a Meltzer fucking five star. You know what I mean? Like that, that match did exactly what it was supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah, that would have been six stars in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. That's like exactly where I was going with it was, it was the perfect length for those two. Uh, told the story it needed to tell. It didn't seem to drag. Um, no complaints at all. None from me. Between this show and the next show, without getting into too many details of the next show right now, which night did you like better? For me, I'm going more with this night only because there's a match on that card and because we didn't know anything about a particular team until the end of the match, that fucked it up for me because it it felt off. But all in all, 
loved both nights, but there's something about this night. I mean, this night and also like it being the return to the Odeon made it a little extra special. The return of Tim Dons made it a little extra special. And like, I kind of lean that way just a little. Uh, how about you? What are you, th- what are your thoughts on it, Stacey? Man, that's like, I don't have any, but I imagine this is like asking somebody which one of their kids they like the most. <laughs> uh, I, so look, as a whole evening, as a whole presentation, I think I liked night one better, but it might have also been the fact that it had been so long and it was the first show. However, the moment of the weekend absolutely happened on night two. Uh, without a doubt, my like the craziest, the craziest pop I've ever heard at AIW happened with only 120 people in the Odeon on night two. Uh, and there was a lot of cool shit on night two. But overall, I think I probably did like night one, just like a slight, just the slightest bit better. I think I'm going to be different than you guys. And even, I mean, yeah, night two definitely had the bigger pops. Uh, but I think one of the things that stood out to me for night two was that we got to see some, uh, we got, we got to see some more students debut on night two than what we did on night one. And, you know, night one was really special because it was our first night back at the Odeon, you know, um, all the people that we hadn't seen, you know, since the pandemic, you know, like that was the first time I've seen Jonah since the last AIW show. So being able to be back in the Odeon, be back in Cleveland and to see everybody um, on Thursday was really special. Uh, But while Friday had the bigger pops, uh, yes, uh, for me, I really enjoyed being able to see, um, you know, more of the students debut that night. So that's where like Friday kind of was a better night for me, I think. I can't wait to talk about night two that should be coming out next week. Um, especially with a lot of the student stuff, there's a particular match. There's uh, that's a dark match that I have a lot of things to say about. Uh, we was, we ready for it. There's a lot in that match, good and bad. There's uh, one particular good. Ah, eh, there's two goods, but the one in one in particular, I hope to see more of because Two of the people go perfect together, but we'll get to that uh, on the next review of is this something that you're interested in? Is that that the whole title? That's the whole title. Okay. It's it's the whole title is, is this something you might be interested in? Thank you. There you go. Because that's a like entourage reference. I think so. Yeah. I didn't watch that show, so I don't know. Yeah, same. All right. Uh. There we go. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Start with Brock. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I have a few. Uh, Smoke and Jays recently um, decided to uh, sponsor some athletes. Uh, so I'm going to plug those guys really quick. Uh, we've got a couple uh, mini sprints that are racing uh, this year uh, for Radka Family Racing. Uh, so check them out on Facebook. And then some of our other sponsored athletes that um, I know all of us know very well, uh, the Bitcoin boys, that is one word with an I and a capital Z, get it right, and also PME. Um, And then June 19th, uh, we will be at Toy Hio uh, with special guests, uh, Swaggle and the boys from the Major Wrestling Podcast, Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. 
uh, as well as Aaron Archer. Uh, he designed some stuff uh, for Transformers, G.I. Joe, Batman, Star Wars, uh, some other really cool stuff. He used to work for Hasbro. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Mike and I are both really excited to be a part of Toy I.O. again, uh, June 19th. Um, and we do still have a lot of dates available uh, if you are having a, a party or if you're getting married and you would like for me to cater it uh, or, you know, live event concessions. We do all of that stuff. Um, as far as the socials, um, I got a, I got a new one for you guys. Uh, it's the happy camper on Instagram. It is the greener side of smoke and Jays. Uh, we're adding a lot of, uh, vegan and ve vegetarian options to our menu. And so a lot of that stuff gets posted up on the happy camper side. Uh, but then for smoke and Jays, uh, still, you know, same stuff as always facebook.com slash smoke and Jays catering and then smoking underscore Jays BBQ on twitter and instagram guys it was so good to see you guys uh in cleveland it was great to see the goldsteins again um it was great to see you know everybody that i haven't got to see in such a long time and to get to see some live wrestling again uh in the Odeon was awesome i love you guys uh justin thanks again for having me on how about you stacy dude exact same like it was so good to see everybody at the Odeon. There were so many people who I hadn't seen in at a minimum like since October. Uh, for some people, much, much longer than that. Uh, and that was amazing. Uh, also, uh, to piggyback on the Toyhio thing you said, uh, Aaron Archer rules. He's done a couple of Toyhios before. I've talked to him when my podcast was covering toy stuff uh, uh, primarily. He was super open to coming on and doing an episode talking about like some of the Transformers toys he had made. Uh, and he's just a really fucking nice dude. And depending on how old you are, he probably made a toy that you really fucking liked when you were a kid. Um, as far as plugging my stuff, uh, if you listen to Super Fantastic you might have noticed that there haven't been episodes. Um, that is because my life got really fucking wild. I got a new job. I was still working my old job. So I was putting in a lot of hours every week and it just kind of all caught up with me. But I have uh, kind of transitioned that to where there are going to be new episodes this month. Uh, apologies for the April Fool's episode. I know a couple of people got a hold of me. Some thought it was funny. A couple of people were a little angry. Uh, eh, it's a joke, man. Um, so, uh, super fantastic podcast. Uh, the horror movie episodes. We deep dive into horror movies. There is another uh, show on that same feed called Askew, where we talk about uh, the films of Kevin Smith. I can say that upcoming episodes, uh, the next two episodes, one of them is going to be Chasing Amy. Uh, Matt Wadsworth is actually one of the guests on that show. Another episode that's coming up as well is Clerks the Animated Series, and Joe Spozo is a guest on that one. Um, so those are coming up. And then uh, usually every month to two months, uh, Ed from Pod Van Dam and I talk about Chris Chan on Super Chantastic on that same feed. So if you look up Super Fantastic Podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on so there's that long list of shit that Justin says of all the places his is. Yeah, mine's in all those places too. 
Um, on the socials, I'm at Stacy Silvers on Twitter. Uh, super fantastic uh, is uh, super fantastic on Twitter. I don't know. It's a it's a bad Twitter handle, but it's there. Um, and uh, it's on Instagram and stuff too. And I'm really glad that wrestling's happening again. That's all. I completely agree. It was fun to be back, see everybody, be in the Odeon and just having some fun with AIW. Of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, which I can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose desire. WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe your Everless in this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.podbean.com, and you can find all the links for all the social media and every place you can find the show in our link tree in this episode's show notes. You can also check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mikes, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're the franchise. Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet, brightening your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show, yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio, finishing a cold one, take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh, so we cheers. And then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp. Like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold. Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close. The number one podcast going in the game. And one day, everybody's gonna know the name. It's the Wrestling Cheers. This is Platinum Max, signing off. Ohio, good night. The world, good night. We love you, we'll see you next week.